Hello everyone, you are listening to You've Got Five Options show with Marta and Anna. Join us while we are solving yet another life challenge. And if you decide to share your problem with us, yours can be next. Hello everyone, this is Marta. And this is Anna. And this time we are without Lasse. Yeah, there is no Lasse. So, but this is... You've, you've got five, five options. options. That Marta uh, said that this is cheesy, but I think w- she's warming up to the idea. So, guys, I wanted to tell you that uh, you do need to expect background noise on this recording because we are recording at the radio that has a meeting Yes. At 12, like everyone fro- that works at this radio and TV station meets at this time when we are recording it and they are having their meeting. So there's no way to avoid the background noise. Sorry. Okay, guys. So it's a second episode uh, where we are solving Ava's challenge. And the challenge that Ava has sent to us, I think it's the best that Anna, you just, you know, go ahead and read it. I will read it again for all of you that uh, have missed the first episode where we discussed the first part of this challenge. Please visit our YouTube channel where we have the recordings of all of our radio episodes. And you can subscribe by typing in You've got five options in a search window on YouTube and it's as you know it for free. Okay, so here's the challenge. I have been together with my partner for close to 10 years. It has been a very good relationship so far. We are raising two beautiful children together and in general we are happy. I have noticed though that recently I've been longing the butterflies and the magic that is there at the beginning when you fall in love. What can I do to feel this way again? Is there a way to feel this way with the same partner? It's not so easy to get the time together when you have two small kids and no families around. What is your advice for a happy, long-lasting relationship? So, dear Ava and our listeners, in the first episode, we have told you that the relationship works like a garden. That was a highlight of the episode. Yes. So, basically, that was the first thing. And then we have discussed the first two ingredients, the happy relationship with yourself and interdependent relationship with your partner. And we actually only started the second one by explaining what's the difference between between codependent and uh, interdependent relationship with your partner. So we said that the codependent one is really expectations based and the interdependent one is where each of the partners takes responsibility for their own feelings. And that's the one where the partners learn and grow together. So if you have been listening to You've Got Five Options for a while, in our previous challenges, we have been talking about expectations. And expectations, they are the secret silent killers of all the relations. Yeah, so guys, it's really about this. It's not an easy thing because somehow when we start the relationships, 
That's our default, that we expect that the relationship and our partner is supposed to make us happy. But I think that actually now when I think about it, maybe this comes from uh, even like, you know, a bringing in families, parents expect things from children, children expect afterwards things from parents. Maybe this is some kind of a setup. Of course, you know, a relationship with your parents is a totally different one that they're not totally, but it is a different one than the romantic one. But I think we start to learn uh, this thing maybe when we are small kids like for instance you are making mommy really sad if you don't behave in this way that's just one example you know or you see that your certain behaviors make your father angry or you get punishments for some things and I think that somehow maybe this gets uh, into our heads and then we we act on a similar uh, basis in our relationships well definitely what you have learned at home mm-hmm. <laughs> is an extreme extremely big impact on uh, what you will bring to the relationship. Yet still here, people can either try to do the same thing they have seen at home or totally opposite (laughs) to what they have seen at home. And of course, the way the relationship has run between yourself and your parents, that's definitely having a lot to do. But it has something to do with maturity, for sure. Regardless of what you have seen and not seen at home and how you have been raised, it really is up to you what you will do with it. It's totally normal. I would say it's totally standard that when we are starting our first romantic relationships, we will still have to learn a lot. So for sure, it has something to do with learning and with maturity and so on. But still the younger and the sooner you start thinking and opening up to this concept that expectations make no sense and they just ruin all the relationships even between a parent and a child if your parent expects you to take a job that will satisfy their dreams to come true you're not gonna be happy uh, in one way or another so it makes no logical sense when you start thinking about it to expect people to satisfy your needs yeah i i think that uh, this is uh, this is totally true i think at the beginning is difficult to grasp this concept because people are like so i'm supposed to like not expect anything from my partner so he can treat me whatever he wants and then so what does it mean no expectations and i think that this is one of the things that especially like i have to say from my experience at the beginning it was difficult to wrap my head around it but you know uh, the expectations we talk about it's for instance because dependency codependency is for instance when I don't know you expect your partners a partner to wash windows in a kitchen and he doesn't do it and you get angry because of that and your mood is ruined you just got angry because someone didn't do something that you expected him to do for some reasons and that's basically so basically this is the whole thing you know your mood depends on the actions of other people. And that is, I think, the concept that that is the key here. Your your mood should be dependent mainly on you. Of course, we are not all saints. We cannot be like totally, you know, Zen and nothing can touch me. Of course, things can touch us. But just to have this understanding, you know, the fact that uh, things don't go my way or the way I expect them. And even the, the funny part is that many times we don't really communicate those things. We just assume they should happen. Like, for instance, my husband or my wife is supposed to do this because someone else's husband is doing this or whatever and we don't even express it properly then I think and then your mood gets F up because someone doesn't do something as you want them to and when you look at this 
in this way, I think it's totally silly, right? I think you, Anna, brought a really, really important point here. It's definitely not about you don't expect your partner to respect you <laughs> because it can be misunderstood. And there are those completely not good relationships uh, where uh, people like let go of anything and it ends up being that the partner actually treats the other one really bad and the other one like drops the expectations in a bad way. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, I, I know what you mean with that concept. Uh, so definitely that's not the point. When we talk about dropping expectations in relationships is about dropping expectations where you expect your partner to be responsible for the way you feel. Mm -hmm. So it's about expecting your partner to make you happy. It's about expecting your partner to do the things you haven't even told them to do. And uh, this kind of unreasonable expectations because of course we encourage expectations as respect and love <laughs> and so on but that is a really deep and interesting concept and that comes more from the first part where you have a good relationship with yourself where you love yourself and you respect yourself and then naturally there is no other way but your partner will also love and respect yourself else if he doesn't you'll get rid of him because you love yourself and respect yourself. So this part comes more from the first ingredient. Yeah, I would say. But I think, you know, with interdependency uh, and that kind of a relationship is when you Uh, you said that in the first episode, when you are both on your individual journeys and then you decide to, you know, walk together some parts of it or just, you know, walk next to yourself because it's about your own individual life journey. And then uh, you also the priority for you is for your partner to be happy, but also not in this, because that's another thing that I think might be confused, not in that uh, sad, desperate, dramatic way, I will sacrifice myself for him to for him to be happy. But no, it's like, I am happy. And um, your happiness is priority for me as well, you know, in this healthy way. So it's not that one person is compromising everything to, for other to be happy, but both of them prioritizing their own individual happiness. And then they know that they afterwards can prioritize the happiness of another person if they are okay with themselves first. I think that's a very good way to put it. I would say that for me right now, at the point of time where I am in my life, being in a long lasting happy relationship in relation to codependency and interdependency, my truth right now lies in finding the right balance between being myself and growing as a human being and taking responsibility for the way I feel, meaning leaving my own journey and finding the right space for the relationship because I do believe that you have to prioritize your relationship and create that space for the relationship too. So for me, it's the right now about finding the right balance. Where is my journey, my happiness, my responsibility for my feelings and uh, prioritizing my journey? And where is the priority and the happiness and the space for the relationship? So it's about finding that right balance right now. Sounds pretty awesome, Marta. And we should listen to you because you are in a long-lasting, happy relationship. Yeah, but of course, you know, everyone needs something different in a relationship. Everyone is in a different point in their life. That's why I said that's my truth for now. Maybe in 10 years, I'll have a completely different truth. But that was about creating an interdependent relationship. The third ingredient 
is about intimacy and connection. Oh. Because when we talk about romantic relationships, that means that there is something more than just a relationship like between friends or between a mother and a child, which is also a loving relationship. So basically, it's very important for your relationship to thrive that you continuously take care of your intimacy and connection. And intimacy can mean something different for different people, but it is this special thing, something more magical, something that is more difficult to grasp that two people uh, create between only the two of them. So, of course, it can be something different for any couple, but it is so important to take care of that space. It should be like your sacred space. So when we talked about the interde uh, interdependent relationship and when I mentioned about also having that space for the relationship, that's actually what I meant this intimate connection between the two of you. And of course, the way you build uh, intimacy, you can do it on several different levels. I thought about a physical level and also intellectual level, but there is, of course, the emotional, the feeling level. Yeah, and spiritual level. There is actually a lot of levels. And I think the physical one many times is uh, misunderstood as sex. But guys, we for sex, we have a separate option. And if you were listening to the first episode, you know that we had also problems with pronouncing it. So it's uh, having a spontaneous sex. But uh, here in intimacy, it's I think actually to have that special bond, to have that special connection uh, on, on, you know, there is something that is unique for the two of you. And you have to take care of that. And I think that many people forget about this when they are in a long lasting relationships. And I can fully understand because uh, Ava is saying, you know, that we have two small kids and it's difficult and so on. And that's why I think this uh, remark about the sac sacred space, be it physical or be it emotional or being a time slot in your week, when you have that time for yourself is extremely important because it's so easy to get cut in, cut up in those, you know, like everyday things, going to work, running with kids, cooking, cleaning, doing whatever you are guys doing there. And, you know, just, just slide from a day to another. And then one day look at your partner and like, when was the last time we talked. Yeah, that, that's like really bad when you are already asking yourself, like, when is the last time you talked? So, of course, building that intimacy and connection is, of course, by talking to each other. Of course it is. But, you know, we forget about these kind of things which are totally natural when we just meet, like, look into each other's eyes. It's amazing. We completely forget to do that when we are in a long lasting relationship was so natural at the beginning. You just loved to stare into the other person's eyes. And really, it's amazing for all the people who are in a longer relationship and haven't done it in a while. Try to find that moment and really look into your partner's eyes. You'll be surprised how amazing it is. Your partner might also be surprised like, what is happening? <laughs> what have I done this time? No, but I think after initial, maybe initial surprise, if you haven't done it for a really long time, I think it's amazing to look in someone's eyes. You know, it's a, it's a, now I'm looking into Marta's eyes and we have the connection. <laughs> I can tell you, but it's amazing. Or even simple things like, uh, because, you know, we have this like a uh, everyday things, like maybe some couples are like always hugging or kissing each other in a cheek when they are, you know, spreading, going to work. But, you know, 
spontaneous hug or spontaneous, you know, just coming and touching your partner's, I don't know, shoulder or a kiss in the forehead. Very simple things that we do at the very beginning and then somehow we forget to do them. I think this is uh, this is really important. Yes. Yeah, so basically make sure that you prioritize. You can think that giving a stupid kiss or a stupid hug, uh, you know, what can it change in a relationship uh, when we've been together for a very long time? But it's actually really important because it's this one moment when you are connecting and it is this one moment where you are prioritizing your relationship and where you are sustaining that intimate connection between the two of you. Yeah, I, I would also say like, guys, look at the things that you were doing when you started dating or in the first year or two of your relationship. What was the thing that you really enjoy to do together? And it can be a lot of things like going to a museum or going for a little hiking or going to the cinema. You know, there are so different people have a lot of different hobbies and try to check if you have been doing that lately, because that was probably one of those things when you really felt connected because you enjoyed doing something together and I think it might be difficult you know just to prioritize it when you have a busy life with two kids but that's actually again the key of what Marta just said you need to make it a priority yeah oh totally when we when we were talking about all the gardening stuff really if you want your relationship to be beautiful if you want it to be long lasting and happy you definitely have to be ready to prioritize it. If you don't prioritize it, if you let all the other things to be always a priority, you just can't have it. It's not gonna grow just by itself without any, or maybe it can grow to some kind of jungle because I guess in a garden, if you totally don't take care of it, it can grow into something, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So your, your allegories are becoming even more elaborated. I love it. Yeah, okay. But now we uh, will move to the next uh, important ingredient, which is loving communication. Oh, yeah. And that's a, that's a difficult one, I think. That's a difficult one. And yet again, extremely important because your relationship con only can be as good as your communication. That's so true. And I think that so many of us have a problem with a, with a proper loving communication in relationships. I think many of us in general have a problem with like really good quality communication. Usually most of the people before they open up to this concept are even actually not good at all in listening. Oh, that's another thing. When yeah. another person is talking and Really, regardless if it's your boss, your child, your partner, you have your own agenda running over and over in your head. So you don't really listen. So when uh, I was thinking about how my relationship evolved over time, definitely a big breakthrough for going from a relationship with a lot of fights and not nice fights into having a good a good quality of relationship was the breakthrough in communication. So when I started to really listen, turn on my neutral observer, you know, like I just put my own agenda into a drawer, but mm -hmm. I am actually listening to what my partner is saying. That was a breakthrough. Before I was taking everything personally, whatever he said, I was just taking it as an attack. I was just getting mad. I was always trying to revert the situation to, you know, to the other direction. Uh, and like, you know, if he was telling me something I was doing, I was always like, yeah, but what you do, blah, blah, blah. So it's mm, like... What a cookie you were. <laughs> yeah, I mean, before we learn 
to communicate very well. We don't. <laughs> of course, of course, I totally agree. And you can have different types of uh, problems. You've mentioned Kristen Bell. Yes. She had a, a challenge where she was like every time they were fighting, she with her husband, she would leave and she would smash the door and she would completely cut out the communication. Mm -hmm. That's a problem as well. Yeah. Because then you, uh, the other partner feels abandoned when you, uh, you know, just leave them. So learning to communicate in a loving way, learning to listen to what your partner is saying is an amazing improvement in your relationship. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think listening is the first step. And you said it very well, Marta, because even like those examples when sometimes, you know, I remember we were doing many of those exercises, you know, when I was like uh, getting affected by something that, you know, maybe some of my boyfriends have said. And then I think you once told me like, and now imagine that it's not you, but it's like our friend is telling us about the situation. How would you like interpret this? And I would say, well, there is a chance that this and this and this and this. So when you like step back and you become this neutral observer, then you realize that there are so many other options and versions of what might have happened. And the only way to find out is actually to listen to your partner instead of pre-assuming things. So I think that this is a really powerful thing. So loving communication, one thing definitely is your listening skills. And you can definitely improve your listening skills. That's one thing. But the second part of that story is the way you communicate your truth to your partner. So we have a tendency to all the nevers and always like you always do that and you never do that. We have a tendency to scream. We have a tendency to use bad words uh, or might have, uh, not, not like all of us. <laughs> we mm -hmm. might have a tendency to be abusive when we are fighting. We might have a tendency to leave, uh, smash the door. So there is, of course, all the way you communicate the things, the way you tell your partner your truth. That's just as important and listening. So you have to be able to listen to your partner's truth, like openly and neutrally. And you have to be able to communicate with respect, clearly and in a nice way. Well done, Marta. Well done. That's a nice wrap up. And I think that your advice of like taking a step back and considering that this is not about me, This is about, let, let's say, my friend. It helps us gain the perspective where we can be much more neutral in our communication. Totally. I totally agree. And now we are having option number five or actually ingredient to the potion number five, which is very exciting. What is it, Marta? What is it? It's sex and spontaneity. I don't know if I managed to say it It's a right. spontaneous sex and being spontaneous in general, I believe. Yeah, it's, uh, that's what I wanted to add. It's not only to have spontaneous sex, but it is to be spontaneous in general. For some long-lasting relationship, is just to have sex. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's, let's take it from the beginning. So yes. what we meant here is it may not be the truth for you. There are different types of relationships and I'm sure there are some that are happy without sex. However, for many relationships, having good sex life is crucial 
for long lasting happiness. Yes, I think that it's necessary for a relationship and also for a human being and not only physically, but it it actually influences everything, you know, like your identity as a man or a woman, your uh, just goes very deep. Sex go, goes very deep into a psyche, I think. Yeah, definitely. So basically, that's an ingredient that we find, we both of us find as a very important one when it comes to a relationship. So it's definitely worthwhile taking care of your sex life. Yes, I think that gives us a very good look now for our listeners. You think so? Yes, I think they, they yes. So basically, what I wanted to say is also, it is possible to have good sex life with a partner you've been together for many years. It's just like with the garden. Exactly. <laughs> you have to take care of it. Yeah. And you may need to do, uh, you know, you may need to be thinking out of the box. So it is also about being creative. When you have small kids and you don't have many opportunities to, for example, leave the kids and do something, uh, just the two of you, that's where creativity is very, very important. Mm -hmm. And, you know, make it as your priority, make it as your hobby. <laughs> Make it as a challenge. Make it as a challenge. Whatever speaks to you, you know, exactly. whatever we might forget. And we are tired when we are parents and we have kids. And of course, it's not going to be like if you are with someone 50 years, you know, in a relationship that it has to be every day for, I'm not going to calculate. <laughs> <laughs> for 365 and sometimes 66. No, it's 66 or sometimes 65. Oh my God, I'm not calculating neither. It's the whole year. Yeah, so, but it is How really... How many days are in the year, Marta? Okay, 360. Shh. Okay. Google time. So basically, there are many different ways to take care of your sex life, but it is really about being creative mm -hmm. and it is about prioritizing it. Yes. And really, you know, there are different priorities in life. I think many of us would actually like to have a loving, beautiful, long-lasting relationship, but we forget about it. We, yes, we, we, we wish for it, but we don't really do anything about it. Or we do not enough to have actually the outcome that we really wish for. So basically, that the ingredient of taking care of your sex life by being creative, by being spontaneous is one thing, but being spontaneous in general, that's also a very important part, also because it can sparkle good sex. Exactly. <laughs> so it's not like you only have to think about sex and you have to put all your spontaneity into sexual situations, but you can actually, by being spontaneous, by, I don't know, taking your partner on unexpected date, by, I don't know, sending unexpected text message or, you know, whatever, whatever an idea comes to your mind, but by being spontaneous, by taking the two of you out of your regular everyday life that goes the same, you can sparkle your connection, you can sparkle desires, you can, you know, just like really restart those things that may have been sleeping for a while. I totally agree. And I think you made a very good point. Spontaneous people usually are exciting people because, you know, when you do something spontaneous and you surprise your partner, it's an exciting thing. And I think that excitement is attractive. We also talked about this in, in the first option. Rediscovering your partner is attractive because then you are with a new person. We are always changing and we are always becoming new versions of ourselves. 
we just need to present it, you know, to our partner. I think this is really, really tidying up also to the first option. And this is a very good point, you know, spontaneity, it just kicks you out of this daily routine with the kids and with all the things you are doing. And one other thing I would like to say here is that I've read somewhere on Facebook, like a couple of days ago, behave like you are still trying to win each other, you know, so basically, like you are still trying to convince or, you know, like seduce your partner. And I think, you know, seduction, just getting into a mood, wearing something that your partner like, just making that little bit of an effort. It's it, it can it can change a world in a relationship. Yeah, totally. Don't take your partner for granted. Don't think that just because you put are a ring living together, yeah, yeah. that just because you put a ring on it or you are living together or you have kids together, that it's like that to stay. Take it really as, you know, you always have to try to get your partner, you know, seduce him and so on. And the very last thing that I wanted to mention here is since we are talking about sex and the more physical part of the relationship, we talked about continue being attractive as a partner in this intellectual and spiritual way. But it's also about continue being attractive in a physical way. Because if you like completely forget about that part, like really, I mean, it's normal in periods like when you are, for example, pregnant and you gave birth, you can't necessarily always look like a model. And some of us can never look like a model, but it's about, you know, making an effort about at least trying to be attractive for your partner. It's like, just try to wear something nice instead of always your onesie. Okay, so Ava, we really hope that this is useful for you and that you will continue having your happy, long-lasting relationship. So remember, take care of a relationship with yourself, you know, strive toward having an interdependent relationship with your partner, take care of your intimacy and connection, ensure loving communication and sex and spontaneity. Maybe I should have chosen creativity that would have been so much easier huh? to pronounce but yeah. i think we spontaneous was the word that we we needed here so don't worry they will all, uh, our listeners they they understand us so all the good luck to you ava and your partner and all our dear listeners we will hear you in our next episode thank you thank you very much and bye 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 <laughs> You are listening to You've Got 5 Options show, where we solve your life challenges. Remember that you can visit our website, the5options.com, where you can submit your challenge or find our previous challenges. That's all, folks!